Welcome to Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you'll hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources. In this episode, Nancy Dwyer, who's a seasoned HR professional, discusses why we hate HR. It's perhaps a controversial topic for this first episode of our podcast series, but of course, that's intentional. So we hope that you, our listeners, will find this conversation enlightening. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you very much for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I graduated from the uh, Master's of Human Resource program at Western Carolina in 2011. Got over 20 years of HR experience in a variety of industries, um, professional services, <clears throat> manufacturing, and technology. I've served as a board member on the Dean's Advancement Council for Western Carolina University, and I also currently sit on the Masters of Human Resources Advisory Board. Thank you. Uh, we're delighted to have you. So for, for this very first episode of uh, Dear Human Resources, how about you give us a baseline definition of human resources? Be happy to. Um, let's look back a little bit. In the 1980s, the HR department was uh, technically defined as an organization, um, a, a department within the organization that was tasked to basically maximize employer productivity and protect the company. Their role was to cover things like compensation, benefits, recruitment, and keep up with any laws that might affect the company and its employees. It was really a lot like a service group, uh, very similar to IT at that time. It wasn't very involved in the strategy. They just executed you know, the needed compliance and the associated tasks with, with that, that compliance. So I assume today's definition of human resources is quite different, isn't it? Oh my gosh, yes. <laughs> Let's look at 2020. Um, it's, it's a function within an organization for sure, but we're responsible for shaping the workforce of the future, um, for leading this purpose-led and inclusive culture and creating successful employee experiences. We're really responsible for shaping decisions about the people and the workforce of the future by using insights and insights from data. So since you're mentioning the differences between today and 1980s, tell us how HR um, is different from the 1980s. In the 80s, we were trying to move from that record-keeping and compliance to a more strategic role. You may remember it was referred to kind of as a seat at the table. And it was really a stretch for some HR professionals. A lot of people came to this um, profession because they hated math and loved people, right? So they thought this was going to be a, a, a touchy-feely, you know, help folks kind of a role. Um, and it was moving rapidly into more, more of a strategic role. I mean, it was not a um, kind of a place that top performers came. You know, you didn't graduate from one of the big colleges and look at an HR profession at that point in time. Um, you know, the, the top grads were looking at business-related roles in, in large companies. So the HR professionals kind of came as a landing ground for folks that had not really had much business acumen, and they didn't bring understand how to bring a lot of value to the company. This was highlighted in an article um, that Keith Hammond wrote in Fast Company, August 2020, um, about that very thing, that the colleges were not even producing the kinds of, of candidates that could survive in an HR world as, the, as it was changing at that point. So in 2020, the HR skill set is quite different. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, 2020, 2021, what, what the stakes are? 
Yeah, well, the, the HR skill set is completely different. The stakes are a lot higher. Um, this role now requires more education. Um, it requires more educated HR professionals. And I think that the colleges are really understanding that. They need to, to produce people that are agile and are familiar with the pulse of a firm. We've seen lots of our top colleges raise the bar in education and they're offering advanced degrees, you know, focusing on strategy, business acumen, and the data analytics as well as diversity. So let's get to the meat of our, of our topic for the day, which is why we hate HR. And I'm making reference to a 2005 article published in uh, fastcompany.com uh, under that name, under that title, Why We Hate HR. So what is your take on why so many people, so many employees hate HR? And, and do they really truly hate HR? Well, that's pretty strong language, I agree. Um, but I, in looking at really who does hate HR, uh, in the 80s and 90s, it was easy to understand why people did. I mean, we were the rule makers and the rule keepers, and that's fair enough. Nobody really likes that role. When we moved into the uh, 2000s, it really became the leadership that hated HR, and they hated us because we didn't have the ability to transform the, into the changing world of business, and they were looking to us to guide culture, and, and we were not equipped to do that. In 2021, I'm, I'm hoping that it is different because the role of HR, like the impact of COVID, the civil unrest, and this whole virtual workforce, now more than ever, HR professionals have the opportunity to shine because this is such uncharted territory. The organizations are looking to us to inspire the workforce. And um, even though some of our professional organizations like uh, SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, have been very slow to respond, HR professionals are stepping out into uncharted waters. You know, employees don't want rules. <laughs> they don't want rules. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, they, I mean, they need HR to create and support inclusion, um, and they need us to help them with the flexibility issues as they move into their work life and, and balance that and homeschooling, um, and just the stress from the pandemic. I mean, the successful HR leaders of today aren't sitting around waiting for the CEO or SHRM, for that matter, to, to chart the course. They, uh, they have to get out there and do it. I know a lot of HR professionals are really feeling let down by SHRM because they've remained very, very silent on things like Black Lives Matter and issues related to our LGBTQ community. So what makes a successful HR leader? Well, I think they need to step out of their offices and, and really create and help lead that, this mobile workforce. We need to be leading discussions around discrimination, inclusion, and injustice, not waiting for those to, to be on someone else's agenda. These HR leaders today are, are, I think, a product of a better education, a better HR education, and they're learning how to, um, to lead and, and change areas that have a direct impact on the, on the value of the firm that they support. So in closing, Nancy, can you give us a one thought, one breakthrough idea to change people's uh, negative perception of human resources? What, what can we do so that they don't hate HR? Well, I'm, I'm hoping that we're moving in that direction with the leadership that we've shown, you know, during COVID. But in 2021 and beyond, we, we just can't be complacent. We can't let our guard down. We, we've got to be the forward-looking part of an organization, not the part that comes back and helps move it uh, after someone else has thought of it. We need to be using business metrics and data to measure our success and um, and be looking for new and improved ways to create that successful employee experience 
and shape the success of our organizations for the future. Nancy, do you think that people are still thinking that HR professionals are the back office people today? In other words, is it misinformation about what they are really doing on a day-to-day basis? I think in our leading companies, no, they don't look at it as back office. Um, I've worked with several firms that have um, HR absolutely leading this charge in this new virtual work world and helping people adjust, um, being supportive and actually being the, the kind of the thought leaders in the areas of, okay, return to office, what does that look like? Are we going to stay flexible? What does that look like? How do we navigate that? So I think today's HR leaders have a nice opportunity to shine, as I mentioned earlier, and we just need to keep this momentum moving forward to help grow our firms and add value to our firms. Thank you for sharing your insights with us, Nancy, uh, on why some employees may hate HR. And, and um, I think the future looks bright. And, and uh, as uh, firms and employees become more aware of what HR leaders do, they might uh, actually start liking HR professionals. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wonderful. <laughs> that would be wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dear Human Resources. In each episode, you will hear about current HR topics and trends from experts, both practitioners and researchers, with the goal of giving you an insider's look at human resources.